hands together and give God a cheer this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How many are thankful that Jesus rose from the dead? Amen. And because of that, the Bible says, because He lives, I live also. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that there is a better tomorrow? Come on, there's a better tomorrow because Jesus rose from the dead. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and say, there's a better tomorrow. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Good to see everybody in the house today. And you know, um, as we just see the seasons changing in the natural, how many know things are changing in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Things are changing in the heavenly realm. Amen. And we believe that God is doing something, even though I can't see it, I know God's doing something. Amen. And uh, today we want God, we want to see God do something amazing in your life. And so we hope that, uh, you know, you being here by just you being here, you feel God, you know God, and, and we want to make you feel welcome today. That's kind of our goal. And so hope that we do that. But we also hope that in something we share today, whether it's online and you're here listening to it today or months from now or years from now, we want to encourage your heart in the Lord. The Bible says that we come together to strengthen one another in God. Amen. And also to tell people about Jesus Christ. This is also a wonderful day to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. And so we want to do that. Amen. And as I said before, I'm so thankful that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give us a better tomorrow. Amen. I want to just share that with you today. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm going to read a few verses, and I need to read the, a few verses just to get this across today. And I want to just share a few points with you today, a few thoughts, and just on uh, the resurrection. Uh, the other thing I love about this time of the year, there's so many wonderful messages that are, I'm hearing, and so many uh, pastors and preachers are preaching so many wonderful things, because it's all good, isn't it, about Jesus. It's all about resurrection, so you can't really go wrong there. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and uh, Paul begins to address the church about something important. He says in verse 13, so we're going to start in verse 13, and I'm going to read a little bit. And I think, I believe this is an NIV, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. I do have it up on, um, on the PowerPoint, so if you don't have your Bible here, or uh, you don't have your device, um, you know, you can follow along. It, and Paul begins to write and he begins to encourage the believers and he says, And now, dear brothers, I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he dies so that when it happens, you will not be full of sorrow as those are who have no hope. Verse 14, For since we believe that Jesus died and then came back to the life again, we can also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him all the Christians who have died. Verse 15, I can tell you this directly from the Lord that we who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet Him ahead of those who are in their graves. For the Lord Himself will come down from, the heaven, from heaven with a mighty shout and with a soul-stirring cry of the archangel and a great trumpet call of God. And the believers who are dead will be the first to rise to meet the Lord. Then we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with Him forever. Verse 18, so comfort and encourage each other with this news. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful opportunity for this day. It, the sun is shining, Lord, and we just woke up 
thanking you for another day, but also, Lord, for a special day. For the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, you made, you are, uh, you are, when you rose again, it gave you credibility, Lord. Lord, you became who you said you are. You became Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I thank you for the power that's in the resurrection. I thank you, Lord, for the power of resurrected life. Lord, as we share today, I pray that your word would open our heart. And Lord, as we examine your word, your word would examine us. And Lord, as we just get into your word, your word would get into us today. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Paul, Paul talked about, he said, comfort one another with this news. Comfort one another with these things, with this truth. Amen. Because I believe because of all the turmoil and all the perilous times that they were living in, they needed comfort and their heart needed to be strengthened. How many know we, we live in a perilous times? We live in time of turmoil and a time of difficulty and struggle, don't we? And how many know we need this comfort today? We need to hear this truth today. We need, our hearts need to be strengthened. And so when he wrote that, he said, I'm going to comfort you with these words and he said that from now on you need to comfort one another with these words and not just because that they were going through hard times is it because he wanted to remind them of the resurrection power that's in Jesus Christ amen how many know some Christians just think about it once a year but as a believer he said we need to comfort each other as much as we can with the truth that Jesus is coming back that we're going to meet him live with him forever that there's a resurrection from the dead amen that's what he said you know I I believe he was just reminding them and not just because he was comforting their sorrows but he was reminding them of their tomorrow how many know we've got a better tomorrow ahead of us I said, we got a better tomorrow ahead of us. Amen. Many don't like to talk about this and remind themselves of this because death is not comforting. Because turmoil is not comforting. It's not comfortable to go through those things. But Paul said, comfort one another with these words that there is a better tomorrow. Amen. Someone said we need to live in the moment. We need to live in today. We don't, we don't need to be so lost in the clouds. We need to keep our feet on the ground. We shouldn't be so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good. But how many know as a believer that what happens tomorrow affects our today? Amen. And I believe there's a better tomorrow ahead of us. Amen. You think that just Paul uh, exhorting about the resurrection of Jesus would be enough to encourage him. But he needed to remind him of something else. That not only did Jesus rise from from the dead, but you're going to raise from the dead. Not only does Jesus live forever, but you're going to live forever. Not only is Jesus coming back, but you're going to meet him and you're going to go where he is. Is that what Jesus said? Jesus said a little bit longer, folks. He said, disciples, hold on, because in a little while you're going to go where I'm going. Amen. How many are going where Jesus is? Amen. I'm going there. I'm, li- I'm going to live there forever. My home is going to be in heaven forever. Amen. It is in heaven. And so I want to encourage you and comfort you with these words today, if that's okay. Is that okay? Amen. Because how many know there's no death to the child of God? We don't know what death is anymore. All we know is life and life more abundantly. That's all we know. And so let's talk about that today. I want to just give you a couple things that comforts our hearts. And Paul brings a few things out in this particular verse, but also in his, in his other letters. 
Things that comfort us. What is comforting about the resurrection of Jesus and a better tomorrow? Well, that is that the promise of tomorrow. Jesus said in John chapter 11, he told uh, Mary, he said, look, he was talking about uh, Lazarus when he died. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And if anyone dies believing in me, they will live forever. They're always going to live. Come on, he shall never die, Jesus said. How many are thankful for the promise of tomorrow? Now, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we've got a promise for tomorrow. Amen, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. But then he, he writes in a letter and he tells us later, he said that tomorrow really needs to be our aim and our focus because when Jesus came, he came to give us eternal life. He came to bring us a better tomorrow. He gave us a better tomorrow. Aren't you glad you have a better tomorrow? Today may stink, but you got a better tomorrow. Today, today may not be going so well for you, but as a Christian, you need to say, Lord, I thank you that I've got a better tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. And so one of the things I love about it is the promise of tomorrow brings three things. It brings a confidence to our heart. It comforts our heart, as he says here, and it brings assurance. How many love to have an assurance that if you step out of the boat, you're going to walk on water? That's an assurance. Amen. And so Jesus gives us that assurance that, amen, that we have a better tomorrow. And so my comfort really comes from three things. I've noticed this as I read, read the Bible and I read through the Easter stories we account and the resurrection of Jesus is that my comfort comes from these things. Number one, Jesus predicted that he was going to raise from the dead. Number two, he rose from the dead. That's where my comfort comes. My comfort comes in knowing that Jesus rose from the dead. And my comfort also comes in knowing what Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. He said, I'm going to come back. He said, he said, you're going to go with me. You're going to live with me. You're going to take communion with me in the kingdom of heaven. There's going to be a day that you're going to come back where I'm going. Amen. That's where you're going to be. How many know there was a promise there? We have a promise for tomorrow. You know, I believe that the average Christian really views the resurrection as historical, not something now. But how many know as a Christian, we've got to view resurrection as now. It's now. You see, if we don't do that, it becomes a traditional belief, not a living truth. And, and a lot of people, it's, it's, it's figuratively, we'll rise again. Figuratively, I'm going to live forever. They don't grasp the reality of living forever. Amen. When you, when, you were, when you were born, the moment that God created man, the Bible says He breathed in him and he became a living soul. Not just temporary, but eternal. Man became an eternal soul. How many know that? Right? And how many know that we're going to live forever? Some, some of you need to remind yourself. You're getting little aches and pains. and You say, you know what? It's all right. I'm going to live forever. Amen. I mean, you can smile at your kids and say, I'm going to outlive you anyways. It doesn't matter. We're all going to outlive each other. Amen. But I believe that we've got to stop thinking about today as the ultimate goal and destination. So many times we just think of today, this life is my ultimate goal. If we can get as rich as we can and save this and do that and, and do this, that's our ultimate goal. How many know eternity is our ultimate goal? This is not our stop. This is not our final stop. This is just, we're just passing through, as the Bible says. We're just pilgrims. We're just kind of, this is just a little road we're on until we get on the main road, the highway of eternity. Amen. And so I believe that we can't just get caught up in living in the moment and just for today. We're living for tomorrow. 
because we have a better tomorrow through Jesus Christ. So the second thing I see is that Jesus made the way. Not only did he promise tomorrow, but he made the way for us. The Bible says that, uh, that he is not only the resurrection, but he said, I am the life. I'm making the way for you for eternal life. When Jesus rose again, he made the way for all those that are dead in, in this life to live in Christ Jesus. Amen. To live forever. That's what it says. And so, you know, we look at the cross and we look at those things at this time of the year. And so why is it important? Why is the cross important? Why is forgiveness important? Why is getting your sins cleansed? Why is that so important? It's important because of eternal life. It's important because the resurrection that's in Jesus Christ that he came to give us. It's important. And one of the things I thought about and I wrote down is one of the greatest things that the salvation of God through Jesus was brought. He brought everlasting life. That's one of the greatest things that we, He has given us. Did you know that e eternal life is a gift from God? You know, and He gave us eternal life. So one of the, the greatest things is when we, this time of the year is that we celebrate is not just the resurrection of Jesus and that story, but our life in Jesus is everlasting. Our life in Christ is everlasting. And so, and so if you look at this, why? Because there was, the Bible says that there was one more enemy that we could not overcome, and that was death. The last enemy that we could not overcome, that we needed to overcome, was death. But aren't you glad that the Bible says that when John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, that Jesus had the keys of hell, death and the grave in his hand. He overcame death, amen. He, he, he won it for us. Not only did he purchase our salvation and, and cleanse us from our sin, that was an enemy, wasn't it? That's what separated us from God. But then he said, there's one more enemy I've got to take care of, and that is death. And in order for me to overcome death for you, I've got to die for you, and I've got to raise again. I've got to be the first one that does it. Amen. Now the Bible says that God you know, made it clear that God used Jesus to raise people from the dead when he was on the earth. But how many know those people died? The Bible says that Jesus never died. He's alive forevermore. Amen. I like that. And so listen to this scripture. I love this scripture in Acts chapter 2 verse 23. But God, following his prearranged plan, let you use, he said, let the Roman government uh, nail Jesus to the cross and murder him. Verse 24. Then God released Jesus from the horrors of death and brought him back to life again, for death could not keep this man within its grip. Amen. I'm telling you, that's something to shout about right there. Death could not hold Jesus. If it wanted to, it couldn't. It tried, but it couldn't because it couldn't hold Jesus. The Bible says that death lost its hold. Death lost its grip. Amen. There was no more grip of death. Jesus beat death. Amen. The Bible says that death was swallowed up in victory. Amen. Aren't you glad that death can't hold a child of God? Death can't, does have no claim on you. Death can't hold you. I mean, to be, to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. Death can't hold you back from seeing Jesus. Amen. Death could not hold Jesus in the grave. I believe it tried to, but it couldn't. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? The, the, the hold of death. Amen. The Bible says that death had held man for a long time, but when Jesus rose from the dead, it lost its hold. It lost its grip. It lost its power. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 that death has no more dominion over Jesus 
and over us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you beat, you beat death? Amen. I look at some of you and your testimony is you cheated death many times. But aren't you glad that overall we beat death, amen, through Jesus Christ? Amen. Death can't hold you down. It's not got a grip on you in any way, shape, or form. That's why Paul said encourage one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words because death can't hold you. Sorrow can't hold you down, amen. Amen. Pain can't hold you down. You may suffer a little bit with pain, but ultimately it's not going to hold your body because your body's going to be a new body. Amen. Your body's going to be a heavenly body. Amen. Amen. Death can't hold us. And so the Bible also says that the fear of death was broken. Not just the, the horror of death or the, uh, the grasp of death, but the fear of death. The fear of death is still the greatest influence in our lives. Did you know that? Did you know that the fear of death is still the greatest influence in people's behavior? Scientists tell us and, 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 and the studies show that people are still afraid to die. But aren't you glad through Jesus Christ there is no fear of death? None. None whatsoever. There is no fear of death. And whether you go out quietly, whether you go out loudly, whether you go out suffering, whether you go out however way we die, there is, come on, there is no fear of death. I'm saying thank you for that. Amen. So some of us are still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no fear of death. Hallelujah. And so that fear of death is that expectation of death. That waiting for death to happen is knowing it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what will happen. All that fear is gone in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. That's why the Bible says don't let it get a hold of you. Don't let this world and the system in this world get a hold of you. And you, you see all the sickness and disease and your body is suffering and you go through this and, and we're going through all this turmoil. Don't let the fear of death overtake you. Because there is no death to the child of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Jesus conquered the sting of death, the Bible says, the fear of death, and the sorrow of death. There is no sorrow in dying in Jesus Christ because the Bible says we have hope. We have hope for tomorrow. And the third thing I see is that not only do we, we see that Jesus made the way and that he, he promised tomorrow, and that is this, and that through Jesus Christ, and this is what comforts me, is that I have resurrection life. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I have resurrection life. Come on, say it like you really know it and say, I have resurrection life. Amen. Amen. That word resurrection means to raise again, to come back to life again, to receive new life. How many were dead before you met Jesus, but now you've been made alive? Amen. How many, how many were living in darkness? Now you're living in light. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that good? Right. And so Jesus brought you back to life again. You were dying eternally. You were, you, were, you were just dying. There was no life in you, but Jesus gave life to you again. Amen. Yes, he did. And so he gave us life again. And I like this. I just want to, if you're taking notes, just write three things that, about resurrection life. This is what resurrection life is really about. Number one, it is the continuation of the life of Christ in the now. Let me say that again. It is the continuation of the life of Christ in the now. How many know I don't just have a promise of resurrection and life. I know the resurrection and life. Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life. If you know Jesus, you know the resurrection. 
If you know Jesus, you know resurrection and life. I don't just have it. I know it. I know resurrection. I know life. It's Jesus. Amen. The Bible says because He lives, we also, we'll also live. Jesus promised that. And so eternal life isn't just something that I will receive eventually, but eternal life is something that I have right now. So it is the continuation of the life of Christ in the now. How many have resurrection life right now? How many have eternal life right now? Not, not in the sweet by and by, right now. I've got it right now. Why? Because I know resurrection life. I know His name. Amen? His name is Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen? He didn't say, I'm just going to resurrect or I will give you resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen? So when you're in Jesus, you've got resurrection life. Amen? Hallelujah. And so that's a continuation of the life of Christ in the now. Just like I have deliverance. Just like I have forgiveness and healing in Jesus and peace and love. How many have the gift of peace? Right? Jesus said, I give you my peace. So if you have those things, how many have been forgiven? You've been given that gift, right, of salvation from Jesus. Well, guess what else? You have the gift of eternal life. That's a gift from God. That's a gift from God. Isn't that amazing? A gift from God. I don't know about you, but I need to, we need to like, be excited about that gift like a kid is at Christmas time. Amen. The gift of salvation. The gift of eternal life. Amen. And so really what it means is that the power of the resurrection is that your faith is in something that is alive right now. That's what makes your faith so alive. And so the power of resurrection is, is that the, the power of the resurrection is in my faith is, in a, is something that's alive right now. Not that will be or was, but my faith is, is in something that is alive right now. My faith is in someone who is alive right now. Not will be, not maybe, or was, now. He is now. This is what Jesus is now. Can you say amen? amen? The second thing I see is not only the continuation of life of Christ in the now, but also the manifest power of Jesus in the now. That's what resurrection life is about. It is in the manifest power of Jesus in the now. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 16 says, talking about Jesus, who has come not according to the law of the flesh of the commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't come according to the commandments, those fleshly commandments He's saying. He came in the power of an endless life. How many have the power of an endless life living on the inside of you? You have the power, that manifest power of Jesus in you in the now. That's what resurrection life is about. Amen. Two people. That's awesome. It's now. How many know I've got resurrection life now? Not just in the future, now. I've got it now. When I wake up, when I go to bed, it's now. 24-7, 365, I've got the resurrection power of Jesus on the inside of me. It is the manifest power of Jesus in the now. Amen. Eternal life isn't simply just a, a life that never ends, but it is a fullness of life that is unending. There's a difference there. As Jesus said, amen, I'll give you life and life more abundantly. That's why as a Christian, even in sorrow, there is joy. Even in chaos, there is peace. Even in death, there is life. Because it is the manifest power of Jesus in you in the now. 
Amen. How many believe that? I believe that with all my heart. Amen. And so the manifest power of miracles is the power of an eternal Christ in you. I have the eternal God on the inside of me. Amen. So that's one of the reasons I can say I've got a resurrection life. Because the power of the endless life, Jesus, is on the inside. Amen. I'm just so excited about eternity. Amen. So many times we don't talk about it enough, do we? We talk about it as it's, it's bad or it's negative that, oh, this life is so exciting. If you check out, you're missing something. No, we're missing something here. Amen. Because what's going on over there is true life. That's where we're going. That's what really is all about. Amen. Amen. It's a better tomorrow. And so as Jesus told the disciples, he laid hands on some of the disciples and he sent them out and gave them power. And he said, go preach the gospel. When they came back, they said, they were so excited. And they said, Lord, even the demons tremble at your name. What did Jesus say? Don't get excited about that. Get excited that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Because there is manifest power in Jesus, in you, in the now. Amen. That's what we need to be excited about is Jesus in the now. And the third thing is, is that the reality of eternal life is also in the now. The understanding that I'm going to live forever with Jesus. The knowledge that He's coming back. That, that is in my heart all the time. How many know that needs to be in our heart a lot? Amen. And so it's the reality of an eternal life in the now. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 said, Blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, according to the great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. That's a now hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How many know we've got hope in Jesus Christ right now? Right now, not someday, right now, I've got hope. That's why, again, that's why we can smile when we're going through difficult times. That's when, when we're facing painful situations, we can still have joy. We can still have peace. We can still have that calming assurance that God is with us because of this. I'm a little excited today. I'm going to try to get through this. And so, the reality of eternal life in the now. I, I believe that so many times our focus is on this life because we want to avoid the next. So many people focus on this life because they want to avoid the next life. But as a Christian, we focus on the next life, and so we make this life every count. Come on, for Jesus. Amen. And so because of that, let me just encourage you today, cover you with a few things about eternal life. The Bible says with eternal life and with the resurrection from the dead, it says that we have a new storyline now. We've been raised from death to life. We have our storyline. Our storyline's changed. How many know your storyline changed? It was going one way, and God said, i got to come in and rewrite the story here a little bit. Amen. Your storyline changed. You have a new timeline. The Bible says that you're going to live forever. One day to us at one time, or one day, will be like a thousand years. We have a new timeline. Amen. And so, you know, I believe that as we, we look forward to what God has for us, we also look forward to, as the Bible says, a new body. That we will take on His glorious body, the Bible says. Aren't you glad that God's got a new body? Amen. Heavenly body, the Bible says, a glorious body. And the other thing is, is that we, we're a new person in Christ, but also we will be a new person. We will be finally complete. Did you know that? The Bible says that we prophesy in part, we know in part, you know, we do these things. We see through a glass darkly, the Bible says. But that, when that is perfect, is come, all that goes away. Isn't that neat? Amen. Aren't you glad for that day? 
When that day comes, it will be that new person, that complete person in Jesus. Body, soul, spirit. We won't struggle with anything. We won't be depressed about anything. We won't be anxious about anything. We'll be complete in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we will see Him as He is. I mean, there's a day coming where you're going to be complete body, soul, and spirit. We're just working on it right now. We're just practicing it right now. Amen. The Bible says that that day is coming. talking about that complete day in one translation, it says. But how many believe that you've got a new home? And I'm not talking about the, you know, just a building. I'm talking about a new home. In Philippians, it says that we are citizens of heaven. You've got a new citizenship. You've got a different kind of passport going on. I don't know if you know that or not, but you are a citizen of heaven. I belong to heaven right now. I belong to heaven right now. Amen. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's my home. I'm just a stranger here. I'm just visiting. I'm just a tourist right here. Amen. My real home is in heaven. Amen. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? That we're citizens of heaven. And, from, and the Bible says, and from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. Amen. We're citizens of heaven. Our home is in heaven. Think about it. Jesus said what? I'm going to prepare a place for you. Because you're going to live there with me forever. I don't care, if, I don't care what it looks like. Many people say it's a, it's a mansion, not a cabin. I don't care. Amen. It's okay. But how many know we've got a new home? See, and when, you've got a, when you're just a stranger just visiting, how many know that there is sometimes, when, especially when you were little, you went away, you went to grandma's house, you went to camp, you did this. But how many know after the first or second day you started getting homesick? I don't know about you, but there needs to be some little bit of homesick going on, amen, in our hearts sometimes. Lord, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to meet those that have already gone on before me. I can't wait to shake hands and hug on Jesus and, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David. And Lord, on the billions and billions of people that are there right now, my home is there. That's where I live. This is just a temporary place. I'm just passing through. I'm going to make the best of it. But my home is in heaven. My final destination is in heaven. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. Amen. Come on. It, 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 that's true, isn't it? Amen. You know, we're going to have new worship services. We're not going to be confined to one day a week and just a couple hours on Sunday. 24 hours a day, seven days as we know it, a week, forever and ever, we're going to be worshiping Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that the, the elders stand around the throne right now. They cast their crowns at the foot of Jesus and they just say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Amen. How many are thankful that there's a new worship service? Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, you don't have to be picky about the worship music because it's going to be the kind that you love. It's going to be your favorite kind of music, amen. It's going to be your favorite songs are going to be sung in heaven. Why? Because they're all going to be about Jesus, amen. They're all going to be about the lamb that was slain, the blood that was shed, amen. The righteousness that Jesus brought us, amen. Forever. We're going to have different worship services. We have a new family. The Bible says every kindred, every tongue, every tribe, amen, under the blood of Jesus is there, amen. Every, every person, amen, from the beginning of time that God created is going to be represented there. Every kind, every skin color, every language. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? We've got a new family. There's billions and billions of people that are waiting to see me. 
And I don't know about you, but it's going to be the biggest family reunion you've ever seen. Everyone in your family, even you know you didn't know them, amen, your great, 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 amen, that have gone on to be with the Lord, they're going to be there waiting for you. I'm going to wrap my arms around people that I'm missing so much right now. Amen. Because it's going to be the biggest family reunion. Because the Bible says, amen, according to Thessalonians, that when we get there, they're going to be there waiting for us. They're going to come with Jesus to pick us up. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't know about you, but I hope you don't like earth better than heaven. Amen. Because, man, heaven is an amazing place. And I want to get there. Amen. And so we have a new family. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will also give you life to your mortal body through the Spirit who dwells in you. Aren't you glad that God's quickening us right now? God's touching us right now. God's getting us ready. Amen. Right now. And the fourth point, last point today, is that not only does, is there a promise for tomorrow, and not only did Jesus make the way, and not only do I have a resurrection life, but this is the fourth thing, is that my today can be different. My today can be different because there's a better tomorrow. My today can be different. You see, death is not my end goal. Death is not the, the end. It's not the final. Eternity is. Eternity is my goal. Come on, somebody. Amen. Death is not, is not, my, is not the end game. It, so, so in other words, I don't live to die. I live for eternity. I don't live until I die. I live until eternity. That's my end game. That's my goal. That, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm heading. Because I, I won't die in the Lord. I'm going to live forever. So guess what? I'm not thinking about this, this stop, this pit stop. I'm thinking about, amen, my eternal life through Jesus Christ. I'm thinking about forever. Amen. And so the comfort of tomorrow should affect the way we live today. This is what Paul is trying to say is comfort each other with these words. That the... The comfort of tomorrow, the change of tomorrow, the better tomorrow that Jesus promises through His resurrection should affect the way you live today. See, because it's important that we measure everything in our lives by our eternal position in Jesus Christ. Everything can be measured in our lives by that position in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 18 says, uh, Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us. I mean, you know, what you're going through is just, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. Amen, amen. What God's given us, what the eternity we have through Jesus Christ, the eternity life that we have through Jesus Christ is way better than this life right here. Anything that you're going through, any, that's why we want to make a call today and say, look, don't take your life. Don't take your life because there's a better life that Jesus promises. There's a better tomorrow. You may not feel like you can face tomorrow. And you may feel like it's better if you end it right now. But how many know through Jesus Christ, He gives us a better tomorrow. Amen. We are promised a better tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And so today may not be working out, may not be going well, but we have a better tomorrow through Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's why, as Paul said, we can endure these things right now. We can go through these things right now. We can put up with this stuff right now because there's a better tomorrow. Amen. And so when we let our trouble of today overshadow our tomorrow, we will live outside the comfort of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. I said when you let your trouble of today overtake, overshadow and overtake your tomorrow, the promise of tomorrow, amen, and the life of tomorrow, amen, I believe that you'll live outside the comfort of the Lord. See, today will soon be over and tomorrow will just get started. And in closing, I want to quote one of my favorite old gospel songs called Just a Little While. 
Soon this life will all be over and our pilgrimage will end. Soon we'll take our heavenly journey, yea, and be at home with friends again. Heaven's gates are standing open, waiting for our entrance there. Some sweet day we're going over and all the beauties there to share. That's why I'm saying just a little while to stay here. Just a little while to wait. Just a little while to labor in the path that's always straight. Oh, just a little more of sorrow in this low and sinful state. Then we'll all enter heaven's portals, sweeping through those pearly gates. Amen. Aren't you glad that there is a better tomorrow? Through Jesus Christ, we have a promise of tomorrow, and our today can be different. How many can say amen to that? Amen. How many know your day today can be different? Today can change because of what Jesus offers you for tomorrow. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Hallelujah. And so the question that really I want to ask in closing and as we close out this wonderful Easter Sunday and it really is a short time compared to what we're going to be doing in all eternity. But the question really is, do you have a better tomorrow? Do you have a better tomorrow? You know, someone said that the, the people have always stated when they hear the gospel the first time, most of it is about later I'll do that. Tomorrow I'll do that. Not right now. Later. Later I'll do that. Later I'll, I'll, I'll fix these things. Later I'll get my life right. Later I'll come back to church. I'll come to church. I'll, I'll get right with God. Later. But someone said this, and I like this quote that I read this week. It said, later is one of the most abused drugs we have available to us. It makes things go away. Why? Because when we say it, we think that we're actually going to do it. But how many know today is the day of salvation? Because tomorrow is eternity. Amen. Today is the day of salvation because your today can change your tomorrow. Amen. And Jesus has a better tomorrow in store for us today. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Can we just lift our hands to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for a better tomorrow. I thank you through Jesus Christ I've got resurrection life. Lord, that you are right now living and moving in me in that manifest power of resurrection. Amen. Lord, I thank you that I'm, my home is in heaven right now. I'm a citizen of heaven right now. I have eternal life right now. Hallelujah. Lord, help me and, and work with me in my life, Lord, that I could do what you want me to do in this earth so that, Lord, I can make it count for you. So, the Lord, what I do here will be a reflection, Lord, of eternity, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I can, Lord. Because, Lord, I want to get to that great family reunion as Jesus talked about, Lord. That's my goal. My goal is not dying here. My goal is just passing through here so I can get to my home. To get to eternity. And so, Lord, I thank you today that you've given me a better tomorrow through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... And you don't have a better tomorrow. And your tomorrow is not secure in heaven. We want to pray with you. We want to talk with you. And maybe you'll sit right there wherever you are. Maybe at home or in your car or wherever. At your computer. And you just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. Lord, become my Messiah, my Savior. Wash away my sins that I can be clean. Lord, that my name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. That my home will be in heaven forever. Amen. All of us are eternal beings. Amen. But most of us here today, amen, I have eternal life on the inside. Amen. 
We want to make sure that you have eternal life. We want to make sure that your home is going to be heaven, that your final destination, amen, is eternity. And so that's why we say those things. So if you know somebody and, and you're praying for somebody who doesn't know the Lord, just reach out to them this week and today and just talk to them about heaven. Talk to them about eternity. Amen. Why? Because you carry it on the inside of you. Aren't you glad that we're going today from this place with the power of an endless life? Amen. I want to encourage you to walk in that today. Encourage somebody. Comfort other people with this word. That amen, this, home, this place is not our home. This isn't our final stop. We don't have to fear death anymore because our home is in heaven. And Jesus made it possible for our tomorrow to be better than today. Amen? Amen? Can we give the Lord a hand today? Thank you, Jesus.